I'm back. All right, so guys, there's so much in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and that's where we're at today, but it's 40 verses. I ain't doing 40, 40 verses. If I did 40 verses, I'll probably drop dead because I'll be talking for like four or six hours, maybe even longer. Like my outline was way too long, so I split it up in different sections and different uh you guys know what i'm saying i split up my outline to do a whole series of the book of first corinthians chapter seven but today right now in this video i'm doing first corinthians chapter seven verse one through two all right so i'm just starting off with two verses to start off the whole series the first two verses i mean but i did something else before so y'all watch that video before i make sure to add a card on my youtube channel upload past crossroads that's where i'm live from from right now all right, so let's just go ahead and get into it. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. All right, so I'm going to start reading. First uh, Corinthians 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So in the book of First Corinthians chapter 7, what I'm learning in the whole book of First Corinthians, it's just a whole entire book of Paul answering questions that the Corinthian church has or addressing issues that he's heard from the Corinthian church and he's addressing, right? So this was a question that the Corinthian church had that they gave to Paul. And he's, and they said, and it wasn't even a question. It was really something that they thought and believed. And Paul was addressing this. like, And that's so powerful. Because I said this, I think, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I don't remember what. I'll make sure I add a card. I got to look to see what book, which Bible study I did in. I'm doing a whole Bible study on the book of 1 Corinthians with uh, some of my friends. And uh, that Bible study is so powerful. You can check down on my YouTube channel, upload past crossroads as, as well. But uh, yeah, with 1 Corinthians 7, what was I finna say? Oh, yeah. So it's just a whole entire book that Paul wrote um, addressing the questions. And that's what I was finna say. So he had. Paul never does not not address something. Like he always confronts what needs to be confronted. He always uh, says what the elephant in the room is. And as a Christian, do you do that? Do you call out sin when it is a sin? Do you do you say foul when it's a foul? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, like do you as a Christian, like do you open your mouth and are you verbal about what the word of God says? And Paul is verbal and he addresses everything that, you know, the Corinthian church is uh, going through. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 5. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there was a, a, a boy, a man, who married his father's wife and was living with her and having sex with her. No, he wasn't even married to her. He was having sex with her. But the Corinthian church accepted him into the congregation and her. And Paul was saying, what is wrong with you guys? Like... This is making all Christians look bad. This is making the Corinthian church look bad. You, this person is doing something that not even the Corinthians think is right. So the Corinthian, the Gentiles, the everybody else that aren't believers, that don't believe in Christ, even they think that's jacked up, that a man was having sex with his wife's, his, his husband's, no, <laughs> a man was having sex with his father's wife, like, they even thought that was messed up. And as a Christian, you can't do stuff like that. You can't do stuff worse than the world does and call yourself a Christian. Are you crazy? And then what does that look like as the body, as for all believers? How will everybody look at Christians if one person does something like that and we accept them and are tolerant? You know what I mean? It's like having Hitler as a friend 
and he kills all races but loves you and you eating dinner with him. What does that say to everybody? <laughs> yeah, so anyways. Uh, so now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Let's go to verse two. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. So it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So the Corinthian church, uh, I guess, and you know, commentators and preachers, everybody alike, they all say that uh, the Corinthian church, um, yeah, they thought it was good not to touch a woman, which means not to have sex with them at all, right? So it's good not to have sex with a, a man or a woman, right? That's how the Corinthian church thought because all the sexual immorality that was going on in the Corinth uh, area. So in Corinth, uh, this Gentile pagan world, uh, we talked about it in all in throughout the whole book of First Corinthians that Corinth is a place where uh, it's, it's hot. Like a lot of cultures are there, a lot of races, and um, it's just a lot going on. It's popping off, right? And then it's by a seaport. You know how it is by a seaport. So a lot of merchants, a lot of travelers, a lot of stuff like that. So a lot of stuff trading going on and stuff like that, right? Then not to mention, when you go to Corinth, man, it's a lot of pagan worship stuff you can do. So like, there's a lot of people who have a lot of different religions and they worship different gods. They, the more, you know, back in that time period, the more gods that you have, the more power you got. That's what they thought. So, you know, they got all these gods. So people come to Corinth for that, right? But then you got the the Corinth, uh, Corinthian church. And, um, yeah, so they were in the heart of like just all idols, right? So they could worship any gods that they wanted. And then they had like this one God that they would have sex with prostitutes and husbands would have sex with prostitutes if their wives weren't fulfilling them, but some of them just did it anyways. And so like their whole entire view of just sex was off like they were like man sex is not godly like you know what i'm saying so you can see how that could come about and even in day's time period you know you got so i think catholics priests a lot of catholic priests are celibate and they don't think it's good to get married you got nuns like that too so some people think that being celibate makes you better than other people it makes you holier than other people and granted hey I was celibate until I was 26 years old, and that's crazy in today's time period. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like celibate, man. Like, so no sex before marriage, right? So it's good not to touch a woman. Yeah, it is good not to touch a woman, but that's only if you're not married, right? But if you're married, that's not good. So the Corinthian church was saying to Paul that, you know, they thought it was good not to touch a woman even in marriage. Like, maybe we should just leave our wives or husbands because we're saved now so maybe we should just get it get rid of them and just be celibate because that's holier than just being married than being married and having sex that's wrong and some people actually think like this i'm happy we're talking about this hey guys so sex sex man like sex is a bad thing to some people especially the church in the day's time period let's talk about today's time period some people think that sex is a bad thing you know don't do sex that's all you ever hear don't do sex sex is bad I was a virgin for 26 years for a reason. I heard that a lot, you know, but like sex is amazing. 
is your good thing. It's a great thing. But you can't have it in the way that you want it. You got to have it the way that God intended it, right? There's just certain things you can't do your way because it won't work out in the way that you think it will. You only end up in your own schemes and your and your own hurting yourself and selling yourself short and putting yourself in places that you could have prohibited and you know not not have ever been in if you just would have did things God's way. You guys get what I'm saying? So what happens when you're disobedient and you don't do things God's way? So uh, guys, yeah, you get what I'm saying. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. Yeah, in an instance that is not in marriage. But if you're married, nevertheless, that's what Paul says. So nevertheless, to avoid fornication, so to avoid, you know, having sex with anybody, right? And that fornication means a lot of stuff. Let's look up what fornication means. Let's just talk about this. Come on. In case anybody got any questions, let's just get this all out. So fornication, sexual intercourse between people not married to each other. So infidelity, adultery, uh, extramarital, extramarital relations, uh, sexual intercourse, sexual relations. Oh, that means oral sex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Unfaithfulness. All right, yeah, we get it. That's what fornication is, right? So nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. That is so powerful, guys, because one thing I learned in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, like again, I said to you guys in the video before this, go ahead and watch that. Um, In the video, yeah. I said in the video before this, I don't even remember what I said. Oh, yeah. I said that. Um. You know, if I ever, when I become a pastor and do marital counseling and all that stuff and do marriages and stuff, I always tell the couple, you need to listen to as many sermons, as many Bible studies, being in as many Bible studies, and just read the Bible on everything that it has to say about marriage, divorce, uh, remarriage, all that stuff. Because you need to know before you get into it. And the biggest thing I learned is marriage is for sex and sex is for marriage, right? And that's just one of the many plethora of things of what marriage is for. Marriage is for a lot of reasons, right? But the, the whole idea is, uh, Paul's gonna talk about it in 1 Corinthians 7, that some people are called for marriage and some people aren't. Some people have the gift of marriage, it's a gift. And some people have the gift of being single. So guys, if you don't care to be married, it's okay to be single. You, but if you're going to be single, you got to be celibate, right? And if you're married, <laughs> then you're supposed to be having sex with your spouse, like, right? And so, yeah, man, so sex is for marriage and marriage is for sex. Sex equals marriage and marriage equals sex. Like, you guys get what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, like, the body was not made to fulfill every lust that it desires, you know? So, like, we all lust after things. But just because you lust after something doesn't mean you need it. Right. And so uh, we did a study on First Corinthians chapter six. And I wish I would have went verse by verse and talk about it like I'm doing with First Corinthians seven. But I got to do it some other time because I just don't have the time. We're going to First Corinthians eight next week. But anyways, in First Corinthians six, verse 13, it says meats for the belly, belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. This is so powerful, guys. Did you hear that, man? Like your your belly was meant for meat, and meat 
was meant for your belly. That's what God intended for food to be and for your stomach to be for, right? So your body is not meant for sin. Your body is not meant for fornication. Your body was meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Guys, our life is all about full devotion to God. And anything that takes our that distracts us and keeps us from serving the Lord and being with God and doing what he called us to do ain't of the Lord, right? This is the Bible. This is not my opinion. I'm literally reading the verses to you guys. You see that? So don't try to come for me saying, oh, man, I saw the, the Dr. J. Like, no, this ain't this ain't my opinion. If I had it my way, I would sin too. I have sex with everything too. I will, man, I wish I could. But that's not God's way. God's way is for us to serve him. We're called to be fully devoted for him. And it said that also. Paul also says that in 1 Corinthians 7 and 1 Corinthians 6 in the previous chapter. He says, you know what? No, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, it says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? In verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 6. For ye are not bought with the price. I mean, for ye are bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You belong to God. Your whole spirit, your whole being, everything that's you belongs to God. It says that also in the same chapter we're on right now, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23. Ye are bought with the price. Be ye not servants of men. Like you're not here to serve and do what you want to do. That's what servants of men means. Like you're not here to call the shots for your life. God already done called it. You're called to follow it and obey it and do exactly what he, he said to do. Why? Because your body's meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. You'll never have peace. You'll never have satisfaction. You'll never feel like you're doing anything bigger than yourself, which is purpose. You'll never have any of that satisfaction if you're not uh, surrendering your life to God and surrendering yourself to him. And there's so many verses like that, right? But going back to sexual morality, like sex is not a gift outside of marriage, right? It feels good. It's nice, you know, it, but that's not what God intended it to be, right? So you'll never get the complete and full benefit of sex and marriage, you know, oh, well, sex and marriage until you do it, sex and marriage, you know what I mean? <laughs> And you do sex with your wife, right? And your husband, right? So you guys know what I'm saying. So it's not something God, God doesn't want you to, you know, commit sin in order to get what he wants for you, right? It's not God's will for you to have sexual immorality, you know? So, uh, and to elaborate on that too, man, so many verses that relate to the first two verses that we read. Like everything comes together in First Corinthians seven. Everything comes back on one another. So that's why I'm splitting it up to eventually say everything. But like in First Corinthians seven, verse seven, let's go ahead and read that. It says, uh, for Paul said, For I would that all men were even as myself. What is Paul? He's single, right? And a lot of commentators don't know why he's single. Um don't even know if he was ever married, but most people say he he had to have been married because he was in the Sanhedrin. And if you're in the same, you remember he persecuted Christians for a living, right? Before he was saved, he was with the religious leaders. He was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of them. But they say he was in the Sanhedrin. And in order to be in the Sanhedrin, um, he had to have been married because in this time period, they looked down at people who were single, 
right? Just like in the day's time period, but way worse. Like if you were single in this religious culture and this religious dynamic, then they looked at you like you were a leper, like you were a murderer, like you were just a scum of the earth. Like something's wrong with you and you're a sinner and you're bound for hell because like you can be married. So you need to be married to, you know, just experience, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone. That's what Genesis 2, uh, 18 says, I think it's two eighteen. but yeah, that's where they got that from. Like, it's not good for a man to be alone. So it's a sin. So you shouldn't be alone. And that's how some people think in the day's time period, you know, just talking, um, you know, uh, one thing I even struggle with it. Like if I see a really pretty woman, like a MILF, a MILF is a mom. I want to, you know, <laughs> you guys know. So, uh, yeah, so if I see like a really hot woman and they're like 40 or 50, I don't understand why and how in the world they're singles, even 30 year olds, like, but now I'm getting up there. So it just makes no sense, right? But like some guy calls some people to be single, right? So um, yeah, let's talk about verse seven, man. So for I would have that all men were even as myself. So Paul's saying they should be single like me. Also talking about Paul too, uh, People say when he became a Christian, his wife probably left him or, um, you know, because he was a Christian, Christian and serving Christ instead of, you know, the Judaism and all that stuff. Um, or they said that his wife died, but nobody knows. It's not in the Bible. So we can only guess and wait until we get to heaven to figure out. So, yeah. All right. I'm good with that now. So verse seven, for I would have that all men were even as myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner, another after that. So, guys, being married is a gift. Sex is a gift. But sinning to get these gifts is not a blessing. It is not good at all. Right. So I just want to throw that out there. This is just some stuff I've been learning with First Corinthians 7. Some of the stuff I already knew. But, you know, I hope it's blessing you guys as well. But, yeah, it's Satan's strategy for all of us to it's Satan's strategy to encourage sex outside of marriage. He doesn't want you to get the full benefits of sex, right? And it's Satan also his motive to discourage sex in marriage. How many marriages don't are lacking in sex? You know what I mean? Satan's winning. Like either way he he can get you with just not utilizing sex the way that God intended it to be, he wants to get you. And you want to know why you got so much complications, how you can't find a man, you can't find a woman, because you're trying to sleep with everything. Because that's all you, you letting your dick lead your life, you letting your vagina lead your life, you always opening your legs to any and everything. That's why you don't have nothing, right? That's why you can't keep nothing, because you allow that to dictate your life. There's way more to life than sex, guys. Like, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. That part is so powerful, and they're right in the sense that you can't touch everything and get everything, right? <laughs> oh, that's a bad way of saying it. But you know, it's good for a man not to touch a woman, right? It's good for a man not to touch a woman, right? So touching can lead to other things. If we're just talking about touching, right? Like that's how I lost my virginity. Long story short, uh, Wednesday, I think January 2nd. I know it's January 2nd, 2019. Yeah, 2019. That's when I lost my virginity. And um, it's because I kept on touching the girl. I kept on touching her. And it just led to sex. And I really didn't want it. I told her, like, I'm trying to keep my virginity. She didn't listen to me. So I guess I was raped. I don't know. But (laughs) 
I should have just fled and not even put myself in that position. But it's good for a man not to touch a woman, guys. Like touching can lead to touching can lead lead to places and lead you, you know, down paths God never intended for you guys. You know, a lot of people because of sex get married. A lot of people because of sex get hurt in relationship and get in and because they're led to be in relationships that they would have never put themselves in if they never had sex with that person. You guys know what I'm saying? Sex complicates stuff. And God doesn't God ain't a God of complication. He ain't a God of confusion. This is Bible verses, guys, right? So if God's not a God of confusion and complication, why are you trying to complicate things, you know, by doing things he never intended you to do, right? So nothing nothing's wrong with sex, guys. Like a lot of the way the church talks about it sometimes, it can make everybody feel like that. Nothing's wrong with sex. Everything's right with sex, but it has to be used in the way that God intended it to be used in order to get the benefits that he intended all of us to get. If we're if we're if we have the gift of being married and we have the gift of you know giving sex in marriage, right? So yeah, man. So whether you're in a married state or unmarried state, it's a gift, right? So, and I know how it feels, guys, to be unmarried in the wait to have sex until marriage. It's it's hard. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Like I, I tried, guys. I tried so hard to wait until marriage until I got married to have sex, and when I hit twenty six, it's just too hard, right? And that's what verse uh, eight through nine says. You know, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and the widows, it is good for them if they abide, even as I. So, again, Paul's saying it's good for them to be single, you know, to be celibate, to just focus on serving the Lord. He's going to talk about all this, you know, later throughout the uh, the whole entire chapter of First Corinthians 7. I got to make sure my laptop got on charter because it's dying. But OK. All right. So let's go to verse nine. But First uh, Corinthians chapter seven. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. Guys, if you have a passion for sex and you have a passion to just express love to to the opposite sex, like marriage is the thing for you, man. So, and the longer you don't marry, the longer it's a problem because you start burning with a passion, right? You, and the passion gets worse. Like I know how it is, because like I have the gift of being married, and I have just so much love to give to my spouse. Right? I have so much passion to show her. You know, for the woman's body, everything like that. You guys use your imagination. And so, if I don't get married, that burnt, burning passion will drive me crazy and will lead me down roads, down avenues, down places I shouldn't be in because I need to be married. And I need to be giving my love to my spouse instead of to pigs who don't know what to do with precious pearls, which is me. Right. So you guys get what I'm saying, guys. Like Jesus said, don't give precious pearls to a pig. You want to do that because they'll just wallow in it. Right. So if they're not my wife, they're not called to be my wife. They're a pig. Like they're not going to love me and treat me in the way that I deserve to be treated. Same for you guys. Like you can't just. You guys get what I'm saying. It's good for a person not to touch another person if that person is not your spouse. You guys get what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. It's, all this comes together, but yeah, no one's gifted for sexual immorality, right? Nobody's gifted to sin. Sometimes sin can seem like a gift at the time when it's done, but there's ramifications, there's consequences for sin, man. 
So, yeah, we must be faithful in every season that God's called us in. So I know it's hard to be celibate and to wait until marriage for sex. And then if you're married, it's hard to just you wish you were single. You know, you wish you could, you know, be free and do what you want to do. I understand. I know both sides. Right. There's a passion burning inside you. But whatever it is, man, it's a gift that God has given you that he knows you can take. and He knows you can endure and you may need his help. We all do right to do it. But we're called to do it. Right. Why? Because we're made for the Lord. We're made to serve him. We're not made to serve ourselves. man. So, yeah, man, like that's the first two verses of First Corinthians, chapter seven, verse one through two. I think I said everything I want to say with that for now. But, um, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Um, so I'm doing, a, again, I'm on I'm on a series going through the whole book of First Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, if you like this video, please share it to others, man. Bless others with it. We're going to just be talking about marriage, remarriage, divorce, sex, all that stuff, sexual immorality. So that's what it talks about in First Corinthians chapter 7 and in the whole Bible. So, uh, yeah, please subscribe to my, let me make sure I share my screen, um, the platforms I can share my screen on. Um, but yeah, here goes my uh, social media pages. Pages, I'm streaming live on my YouTube page. Uh, you can my YouTube page is Upload Past Crossroads. That's, that's also my podcast name. You can find me on any podcast platform. My Facebook page is Sean Christopher Jenkins. That's also my LinkedIn page. I'm live on Facebook right now, and then my Twitter and Snap and Instagram is Trouble Don't Last. I'm live on there, but I'm not sharing my screen. Sorry guys, I can't share my screen on Instagram. Uh, and then um, my other Instagram page is by underscore David underscore Bible. Um, I'm live on there as well. Not sharing my screen. The Tumblr, Trouble Don't Last Number One. But guys, I pray that you guys are enjoying these videos. Uh, I'm gonna when we get through the very end of First Corinthians seven, closer to the end. Maybe I'll do it before, but like I will tell you exactly why I'm, I'm gonna be doing more videos perfectly. I pray that God just gives me the ability just to be able to do more videos, the energy, whatever I need. Because guys, I'm doing so much. I just it's so hard, but yeah, you guys pray for me, man. I just pray I get more opportunities just to talk, preach the word, grow in the word, study the word and all that stuff and share it. That's the biggest thing, but you guys have a good one. Hope you enjoyed it. All right. Peace.